I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to pray when the Spirit says pray. I'm going to moan when the Spirit says moan. I'm going to shout when the Spirit says shout. But are we going to give when the Spirit says give? I heard an amen over here. I want to hear that again. Are we going to give when the Spirit says give? Do we really want to give when the Spirit says give? We, We sing these songs about praying about moaning, about shouting, about singing when the Spirit gives us guidance, when the Spirit leads us into worship. We hear this song, we sing this song, we love this song, but then when I throw out some other calling, like give, I'm going to give, I'm going to serve, I'm going to say yes when the Spirit tells me to say yes. I'm going to serve when the Spirit says serve. I'm going to give when the Spirit says give. We have a calling to respond to the Spirit of the Lord, to say yes when God calls, and to do what God says. And when it's something like singing and praying, moaning and shouting, that's okay. But when it comes to giving, then you're starting to meddle a little bit, aren't I? I'm starting to meddle when I say, give when the Spirit says give. Serve when the Spirit says serve. Yes. You can tell it by the way we act. You can tell it by the way we act. And yet we proclaim that giving is a means of grace. We have many means of grace in the church. There's the reading of Scripture. There's the singing of hymns. There's prayer. There's the sacrament of Holy Communion. There's remembrance of baptism. There are many means of grace in the church. The studying of the Bible is the one that we all know, we all hear, we all receive. The the prayers of the church, praying together, intercessory prayer, and prayers of praise and thanksgiving, those are means of grace. Coming to the table of the Lord, we know that's a means of grace. Worshiping together, we know that's a means of grace. Singing hymns, we know know that's a means of grace. Giving is also a means of grace. We give, and in giving we receive. Serving is a means of grace. It's a form of giving. There are many forms of giving. Giving isn't just about handing over money to God. It's about handing over ourselves to God. For we give through our prayers, our presence, yes, our gifts, and our service. Everything we do as Christians, everything we do as Christians, involves giving of our very nature, of our very self, of our faith, of the grace that we have received, and yes, of the gifts we have been given. Time, talents, gifts, service, witness, God calls forth from us more than just the little trickle of attention and time that we seem to be willing to give. Wake up 
in the morning, I, I'm not sure I want to get up today. I'm not sure, you know, it's pretty outside, and, but it's cold right now, and it's comfortable just to burrow down into the bed with a warm puppy by my side and not have to worry about getting up. I mean, it was a last supper, not a prayer breakfast, friends. Come on. Why do we have to get up so early to go to church? It is so easy to get off target. It is so easy to get our priorities so screwed up that we forget that we have received absolutely everything we have and are. Everything we have and are is a gift from God. And God calls forth from us to give back, to serve, to be present in worship, to serve others, to reach out with a hand to help, to become the hands and the feet, the eyes and the ears and the lips of Jesus means that you become the presence of Christ for others. The only Jesus another person may ever see may be you. And we are called to give ourselves in presence and service, in witness, and yes, in our giving. We're called to give ourselves. Now, next week, we're going to look at tithing. What tithing is, what tithing is not. But today, I do want to start with that reading from Malachi. <clears throat> Will anyone rob God? Now, that sounds like a strange rhetorical question, doesn't it? Sounds like a weird rhetorical question to me. How can one possibly rob God? Let's read and find out. Will anyone rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. Robbing God? What was going on? The people had come back from captivity in Babylon. They had rebuilt the temple. They were engaging in worship. They had all the rituals down and they were engaged in the worship rituals in the temple. They were doing the things I thought they were supposed to be doing. They were killing the animals for the sacrifices. They were following the rules and the regulations. They were performing the rituals of the people of God. The rituals laid out in Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Leviticus. They were doing the ritual life of the community of faith. They thought they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. But apparently not. And it wasn't just a few of them. The whole nation of them were robbing God in their tithes 
and offerings. They were not giving of their resources as God had dictated. They weren't giving their tithes, and they were not giving their offerings. And as a result, there were not sufficient sacrifices in the temple. There weren't sufficient animals to be slaughtered. They really weren't doing the liturgies and the rituals as they were supposed to be doing them. And the people of God, the servants of God, the priests of God were suffering as a result. And the worship life of the church, of the community of faith, of the Hebrew people, were suffering as well. And most especially in this next point. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. The people were robbing God, not just in the tithe and the offering, but by robbing God of the tithes and the offerings, they were robbing God of the opportunity to give to them the overflowing blessing. By withholding the gifts the tithes and the offerings that they knew they were supposed to be giving, by withholding in giving and not giving the tithes and the offerings that they were to be giving, they were restricting their own abilities to receive the gifts that God wanted to give them. Yes, they're robbing God of the tithes and the offerings. The temple was suffering as a result. But even more than that, the people were suffering. They were under a curse. They were suffering because they could not receive if they would not give. Refusing to give stops up the arteries and makes it impossible to receive. Not giving as God has called us to give makes it impossible for us to receive what God wants to give us. So we are robbing God truly of the freedom of giving, lavishing, pouring abundantly upon us the gifts of His grace, the largesse of His love and favor that He so desperately wants to give. We're robbing ourselves of the opportunity to be in His presence. That's what we do when we fail to participate in worship, when we fail to attend worship, when we fail to attend Bible study, when we fail to read the Word of God, when we fail to pray, when we fail to serve. We are robbing ourselves of the opportunity to be in the real presence of God. When we fail to come to the table of the Lord, when we stay away from the sacrament, we're robbing ourselves the opportunity to receive the gift of grace that God wants to give us. We're robbing God of the opportunity to lavish us with the love and favor that Jesus died to give us. When we withhold our time, our talents, our gifts, our service, our witness, we are stealing from God. We're robbing God. We're robbing ourselves, too, 
of the joy of knowing and abiding in and benefiting from the grace of the love and presence of God. It's like God has set up a banquet before us, a huge buffet with so many wonderful treats and dishes on it. If only we will come and only we will feast. But we hold back. We fail to give ourselves. We fear to give ourselves. We refuse to give ourselves to God of our time, of the talents we have received, of the gifts that we have received, of the service that we have been called to give, of the witness we have been called to express. We refuse to give. And we rob God of the joy of giving to us. And we rob ourselves of the banquet that God sets before us in the many means of grace. Let's turn now to what Paul says in the second letter to the Corinthians. Because, you see, the Old Testament and the New Testament are in agreement here on giving. That when we don't give, we are robbing God and robbing ourselves. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Think about it. When you don't spend time in worship, when you don't spend time reading the Word of God, when you don't spend time fellowshipping together, when you don't spend time in prayer, when you don't spend time in worship and singing praise, when you don't spend time in service, when you don't spend time giving of yourself, when you don't spend of yourself to give to others, you receive very little in return. When you hold back, you don't receive. When you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Whereas when you are present in the worship life of the church. When you come to the table of the Lord every time it is open and offered. When you sing praises to Almighty God. When you attend the Bible studies of the church. When you crack open that Word of God and learn from it and have the Holy Spirit teach you and listen to the Word as proclaimed by others. When you take the time and devote yourself to the means of grace, you reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. So frequently, we give of our time, our talents, our gifts, our service, and our witness, but we do so grumpily. It doesn't say, for God loves a grumpy giver. It says God loves a cheerful giver. It doesn't say God loves a giver who does it with whining and complaining. Oh, do I have to go to church again? Do I have to go and serve again and work in the food and clothing pantry again? Do I have to work the, the uh, back-to-school program again? Do I have to go to another potluck supper? Do I have to go to another United Methodist women's meeting? Do I have to go to that Bible study yet again and listen to Greg talk hour upon hour upon hour? 
Whine, 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 whine. No. God loves a cheerful giver. One who rejoices in giving themselves to Him. One who rejoices in being present in worship. One who rejoices in being present in prayer. One who rejoices in being present in the study of the Word. One who rejoices in being present in worship. One who rejoices in receiving from the table of the Lord. One who rejoices in serving as the hands and the feet of Jesus. One who rejoices in giving of the gifts that we have received. We are called to give not reluctantly, not grudgingly, but cheerfully. Not It's not that we have to, it's that we get to. It's not that we have to give, it's that we get to give. It's not that we have to serve, it's that we get to serve. It's not that we have to attend worship, it's that we get to attend worship. It's not that we have to study the Word of God, it's that we get to study the Word of God. It's not that we have to pray, it's that we get to pray. The privileges that we have received in the family of faith, the privileges that we received from God by His grace, the joy that we can have in all the means of grace, it's a get to, we get to. We have the privilege to do all these things. Not as a compulsion, But as a gift of God's grace, we have the joy, or we should have the joy, of giving cheerfully, rejoicingly, thankfully, because we have received so much. I cannot begin to list all the glorious gifts that I have received in my life as a Christian and in my life as a child of God. But I know that all of them flow to me through the many means of grace that have surrounded me throughout my entire life from long before I ever knew it through today. The gifts that God has given me is amazing. The joy of being part of the family of God is amazing. And we have the privilege, the honor, the joy of being a giving people. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. We give from the depth of that which we have received. When we give, we give from the depth of the grace, the gifts that we have received. It's not as if we've made what we're giving. We only think we've earned the money we're giving. In actuality, we've been giving, given everything we have, including the ability 
to work and earn money. We give from the depth and the wealth that God has given to us. And we return it to God with thanksgiving, knowing from whom we have received it, and thanking God for the joy of having received it and for being able, getting to give it back. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. God doesn't give reluctantly. God is not stingy or grumpy in giving to us. God doesn't sit back there and say, well, you really need it, but I'm uh, you're going to misuse it, so I don't think I'm going to give it to you. No, God gives it to us even though God knows we're going to misuse it. God gives to us so much even though we fail to employ it the way God would have us use it in our lives. God gives to us graciously, overabundantly, and all we're called to do is give it back by giving ourselves to God. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything. God's not asking for something that we don't have. God is not asking for anything that we do not already have, that we have not already received. God is asking us to give ourselves that we have received all that we have and are to Him. That which we have received is His anyway. He's not asking something from us that we don't have or that He hasn't given us. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, He scatters abroad and gives to the poor His righteousness endures forever. Remember righteousness, tzedek, last week. Justice, balance. God's balance and justice, God's righteousness endures forever. God showers upon us so much, and all we're asked to do is give it back to God. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Again, God's not asking for something that we don't have. God's not asking us to give something that God hasn't already given us. And indeed, God will multiply it with us. And when we give it, we will receive so much more. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry is not, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. We're called to be a people of generosity. We're called to be a people who gives 
because we have received. Giving is a means of grace. It is an instrument, a tool through which we receive the love and favor of God. We have already received so much. We're called to return a portion of it back to God as we give our entire selves to God. We're called to be present and to give through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Do we give? Are we truly going to give when the Spirit says give? Or are we going to withhold the gifts that we have received, the grace that we have received? My brothers and sisters, giving changes absolutely everything. It changes who we are and whose we are. When we do not withhold the gifts that we have received, but give them back to Almighty God, when we do not withhold ourselves, but get our, give ourselves to Almighty God, we are changed. We give because God calls us to give, not because God has needs, but because we need to be givers. Let's get our brains around that. God truly has no needs. God is beyond needs. But we need to be givers. Because in giving, we receive. In giving, we change. In giving of ourselves, of that which we have received, we are transformed. Righteousness, balance, justice is established. And we can become part of the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of God with this broken and hurting world. When we as the people of God give, give of ourselves, give of our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. May we be a people that gives. May we be a people that gives as we have received. And we have received so much. May we be a people who access the means of grace in all their manifest character and receive the beauty of the gifts that God wants to give us. The abundance of the gifts that God wants to give us. If only we will not withhold ourselves from God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let me dwell in your
have been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of Northgate United Methodist Church and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information or to listen to other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at Northgate United Methodist Church, 3700 West Northgate Drive, Irving, Texas, 75062. This program was produced by Dr. Gregory Neal.